Welcome to the Misophonia Podcast. This is episode 21 of season 4. My name's Adil Ahmad, and I have Misophonia. This week, I speak with Christina, a fashion photographer in New York slash New Jersey. I'll let her explain it. And I'll have Christina's Instagram in the show notes. It's D-O underscore Christina, D-E-O underscore Christina. We start off by comparing our elevator pitches for how we explain misophonia to others, and we end on speculating on what misophonia is. Now, this was recorded before the latest research paper from Dr. Kumar's group, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, which you should do anyways. There are still about a half dozen or so amazing episodes for this season coming. It's been painful having to wait to publish these for you all, but they're going to be worth it. And I'm super excited to record a whole new batch of episodes starting in September, which means I'll be opening up the appointment calendar in a couple weeks. Now, lots of people have expressed interest in coming on the show, so they'll get first dibs, but stay tuned for an announcement on interview slots. Best way to be up to date is to follow on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Misophonia Podcast, or Twitter at Misophonia Show. Now, if you're enjoying the show, the easiest way you can support is by leaving a rating or review wherever you're listening to the podcast. It really helps get this podcast in front of more sufferers. All right, now here's my conversation with Christina. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Do you want to first tell us kind of whereabouts you're located? We were just kind of talking about that a little bit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm from New York, but I'm currently residing in Jersey City. And I just happened to pick the busiest, noisiest section in Jersey City. So that is where I'm currently residing, <laughs> trying yeah, yeah, to manage yeah. all the noises every single day that this apartment well, has. So <laughs> yeah, I'm in the Midwest on one of the first, you know, nice days of the year. So obviously there's like leaf blowers going everywhere. So, um, but I think I think I'll have them relatively at bay for hopefully the next hour. <laughs> are are, so are leaf blowers pain. like are leaf blowers like the main kind of like annoying noise? Because I guess people have yards over there. Where I'm at, there are not yeah. that many yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's like, I think the homeowners are smart enough to not have them. It's the, it's the, uh, we live near a college. And so the, uh, mm. uh, like the managed apartment rentals, they, for some reason, they feel like they need to send like an army of leaf blowers every day to kind of <laughs> do that. So, uh, or, yeah. you know, at least the beginning of the season. So, yeah, it's anyways. so interesting when environments have their own kind of special set of sounds. Like when you're in a really urban environment like I am, you have the super loud music, you have construction. But then I hear if you go even in more rural areas, you still have like dogs barking from your neighbors, like all still like tr- sounds of tr- like there's always kind of no matter where you live, there's always kind of like a set of noises that you become familiar with, I guess. Oh, yeah, I was just in the, yeah, literally yesterday I was at my in-laws deep in the country. So it's it's all like deep in the country. And so it's, um, you know, farmland. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's totally different. There's, it's, uh, it's obviously not the city shit, but it's like some, there's, you know, there's some birds that have, you know, kind of some unusual, not as, not the prettiest sounds, especially when they come in like in, in large flocks. So, yeah, you kind of, um. Yeah, yeah. And- that's true. Actually, I went to Lebanon two years ago. My husband is Lebanese, so he went to his very small town in Lebanon, right south of the border. And I am from the Bronx. I have not heard roosters in real life, but oh my goodness, <laughs> like yeah. 4 a.m. I don't know what time it was, but like 
the jarring sound of the roosters just yeah. going crazy. I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting. <laughs> but I, I but I do assume though more in the countryside. I guess I always uh, like fantasize that it's like a little bit more peaceful. You have nature. Oh, it totally you know, is. Yeah. yeah. No, it totally is. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I I didn't mind the birds. Some other people were were kind of bothered by it. Not me so not me so level bothered by it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know how it is. Uh, but you know they got those weird. You know it's it's, it's the, also if you go into the you know if you go into some of the smaller towns, you got all the uh, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the guys that need uh, you know motorcycles and large motors to to <laughs> overcompensate for themselves. So uh-huh, you, you have for to sure. you get to pass by all that stuff on the road. Oh, I still have that here. It would be like four a.m. in the morning, five a.m. in the morning, and like I don't know what person with insomnia has m- issues, but they like go through my neighborhood sometimes like reaving their engines and oh i'm like come on uh, guys we are, well, we are turned sleeping on by that? here i mean aren't, aren't all women turned on by that that's, that's, absolutely that's, not that's, that yeah. is definitely not the case <laughs> <laughs> i speak for all women we do not okay <laughs> 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 uh, well t- when you mentioned your in-laws does do your in-laws know you have misophonia oh yeah yeah yes oh that's do. cool yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so this is like what I wanted to ask you. Like I just been thinking, do you have like not an elevator pitch, but do you have like a digestible short description to tell people people who haven't even heard of the word misophonia? Like, what do you tell them? Yeah, if, that's so you know, funny. I, I, yeah, I, like, I would I love have, to hear like how a, you. I don't have a go-to, but uh, I guess uh, I w- I would I would use I have some. I mean, the terms I would use in no particular order, uh, they would just kind of come out as I, as, as I, you know, organically would be like focused on the fact that it's a sound sensitivity. So it's like an oversensitivity. Um, and I can't, so things like, I would probably say it's like a super sensitive. Uh, I might mention it's a disorder. Uh, I'll definitely mention that lots of people have it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and definitely mention that it's far more than just um, an annoyance. And uh, there was another thing uh, I would mention. Um, oh, that I have uh, the people with misophonia just have have uh, problems processing certain sounds mm-hmm. without necessarily saying sensory processing disorder because I feel like that needs to be maybe be um, diagnosed. But those are the kinds of things I would mention. Uh, extreme sound sensitivity, difficulty processing disorder, just to kind of throw in the uh, the fact that it's it's a little bit, it's you know, more of a, we think more of a a medical biological um, Mm -hmm. issue. Um, But, you know, I don't have to bring it up a lot because I'm, you know, at this point, uh, I tend to opt for the flight portion of the fight or flight. Interesting. So yours more flight than, ah, that's so interesting. So yours is like kind of more panic kind of thing, like the flight aspect of it? Right. It's more the... uh, internalizing and then thinking oh god i is this gonna end or do i need to leave (laughs) as opposed to as opposed to the lashing out which uh you know the temptations are always there to lash out especially um i I don't know especially if you feel kind of trapped like if you're sitting down at a meal whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, at home or a restaurant um but even that just because you just because the onset comes on so hard I think for me, at least, I feel like I need to try even harder to shut down and try to look for a way out. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to, to hear 
how and, people react differently. Yeah. Right. And then the whole explanation part, and this comes up, this has come up on a number of shows as well. It's just like, hmm. you know, at some point you're like, uh, it's, it becomes exhausting because you kind of know that you're probably, you know, the probability that you're going to be dismissed or mm-hmm. be, or get that weird, like, uh, deer in the headlights kind of stare is, is high enough that you're like, this isn't even worth bringing up. I, why can't I just, what if I just get out of here? <laughs> you know, just like, right. take, that's kind of the easier way. So I think all those factors are why I kind of tend to go for the flight. Sometimes it's usually not worth it in my mind. My you know what? I, I, I feel very similarly when I tell people like my kind of little pitches, Hey, I have a sensory disorder slash condition that I, it gives me a fight or flight response when I hear certain trigger sounds. Then usually the person's like, what are the trigger sounds? And then I say, right. chewing, coughing, sneezing, clearing your throat, certain people's voices. Like, and then that's when it starts, like, I, <laughs> I, I stop myself from going too much. I usually just kind of say like mouth noises. And even though, unfortunately, as I get older, I have noticed the list has been getting added onto. Oh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, sometimes it really depends. If I know I'm going to be with people in enclosed position, uh, enclosed space, and we're going to be eating, I kind of like, all right, I think I should probably mention I have this in case I need to give them a heads up. Like, hey, we're going to have dinner together in this, in your house. Can we just play some music? Like, I need something in the background. And like, I'll explain if needed. But for the most part, uh, I've, 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 spo- I've told some family members. <laughs> and it's very much like, I, I, the careful balance of, I don't want them to act too comfortable around me because these are sounds that they can't really control. But at the same time, it causes me so much distress instantaneously that I'm just always being stressed out sometimes though. Like it's, it's the careful balance of like how much discomfort you want to be and how much, (laughs) you know, you want to make the other person kind of comfortable if they really don't get it which most people won't to a degree. So it's weird. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, exactly. It's like, it's, yeah, you don't want to, then that's come up before too, is like, you don't want to, uh, um, it, you, you, it almost, no, that's, you know, it adds stress on you if you, if you see it, um, if you think about people have to walk on eggshells around you and then that stress mm. exacerbates your, your kind of, uh, your mis- misphonia. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yet another reason to to really calculate if I need to mention it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the issue with me though is that my response is extreme anger. Like I get very yep. the fight just straight up just comes full force. Like I just want to wreak havoc if I cannot if the if I'm getting triggered I'm just so angry right away. And actually, do you say something to... or do you just kind of like clench your oh. fist? Kind of thing? So you know what? It's been strange because of COVID. Let me explain. Before COVID, yeah, yeah, because, you know, I I told you I'm in the New York City tri-state area, essentially. And I would have to commute to Manhattan pretty frequently. And I'm going to tell you public transit is the worst because you can imagine you're stuck in a moving vehicle of some Mm -hmm. sort, train, bus, subway. And you're stuck with these sounds that you can't control. And people are wearing their masks back in the day, you know, like. Right. It, public transit was such a huge issue for me to the point where I sometimes wouldn't even go on the subway if I see someone like chewing like I would just like it was just it it, it was so terrible you know like you can't just tell someone hey can you stop breathing 
like <laughs> if they're breathing heavily, you know, that yeah. sounds like a threat. Probably gonna get punched in New York <laughs> if you be right, saying right. that to strangers. So before COVID, I was constantly being triggered, whether it be indoor dining or public transit, that feeling of trappedness. Um, but then now that COVID is a thing, unfortunately, um, I've actually been getting triggered a lot less. So I don't, because of that, because there's more space between my triggers, even though unfortunately I have been getting a lot more triggers, I'm able to kind of like hold back a little bit. The frequent, the frequency or the lack of frequency has been helping me because before I was just constantly on edge and now not so much to a degree. So it's like, there's times where I've, when I was younger, I did say something to someone, like some guy was chewing gum at Barnes and Nobles, was trying to read something. And like, I snapped at him and he looked at me like I was crazy because I was like 16 and I just like ran away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like stuff like that. And um, So you did both, had, you did yeah. the fight and the flight. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, compound, there we go. Um, and with certain family members, especially when I was younger, especially when I had such little control of my environment, I would say something, but I didn't have the word misophonia back then. They just thought it was like a quirk in my personality. So I yeah. would say something. And unfortunately, a lot of times, because they didn't understand, I would get dismissed. Um, and like my first misophonia episode, I guess you could say, was just it was awful. Like, I remember like it was yesterday. So it's just like, and I think you mentioned your podcast. You don't quite remember like the first time you've been triggered with misophonia, right? Uh, I personally don't, not, not exactly down to the, uh, right down to the day. Some people do, but most people don't. It's usually just kind of around that, that, you know, like, uh, you know, junior high, late elementary school kind of time is when people notice something weird is happening. Yeah, I feel like preteen, like, I mean, there's so much research that needs to be done. This is so relatively new, a new term compared to other, you know, disorders that's been studied for so long. Um, but for me, I was I was 12 and I remember like it was just it was so bad. Like I was trapped in the car with my dad and mm. my mom would kind of like give him lollipops because we would drive to visit my brother in college and it was like a five hour drive six hour drive and my dad would like to drive at night so we'll get there early and unfortunately he would just like eat these lollipops and as you can imagine lollipops are terrible when you have misophonia to say the least yeah. it's, it's so awful and as as like i think i was 11 or 12 i would i was crying and i was begging him to stop i was so angry and emotions were just overflowing and I remember just kicking this uh his seat because I was behind him just kicking his seat just begging him to stop and he thought it was hysterical he's like because oh. he's kind of yeah he thought because he's from an environment and generation that you know you only cry if you have a good reason that kind of thing or you know if you're about to die <laughs> or something yeah yeah like you know don't show weakness don't cry over something so stupid right. And unfortunately, he definitely, I wish he had the emotional intelligence to see, hey, my daughter is super distressed. This isn't a normal reaction. Maybe I should stop doing whatever is, you know, it's bothering yeah. her. That certainly wasn't it. So 
hours upon hours, and this isn't the first road trip we took to visit my brother, I was trapped in this car, just really stuck and feeling trapped, feeling so angry to the point where I wish I would just like, I'm, I fantasize like opening the Jump. car door yeah. and just jumping out. <laughs> I was like, That's anything exactly to make it say. stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so... Yeah, and I remember, you know, and I spoke to my mom about this and she, she really apologized for not knowing like how bad it was. And I've explained to her what misophonia is and I'm not the only person who has this. But um, yeah, but basically, I rem- like, I think back about that sometimes. And like, I remember, like, I even feel emotional just thinking about it right now. It's crazy. It happened oh, yeah. so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, it had a huge impact. Was there ever a period before before it was bothering you where you were doing those road trips and it wasn't bothering you and then suddenly it came on or was it from the first road trip to your brother? You know, I don't think we took any long trips like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't, I can't remember if there was, and if there was, it wasn't to that degree. That was just like the first memory I had. Yeah. But it was so bad that my whole body was reacting to the sound that, even I knew back then shouldn't be causing me to get so upset and so incredibly angry. And yeah, so I don't remember before that, but. Yeah, did you start spread then uh, to, you know, eating at home and and all the other usual places? Well, you know, what's interesting is that um, I didn't know the word misophonia until I was like 24. So like I said, like my family just thought this was like a quirk in my personality. Christina's a little different. I am, but but basically, I um I don't remember avoiding. I I don't remember it because I didn't have a label. I can't quite pinpoint when exactly I've been triggered, besides certain very you know obvious cases like the Barnes and Nobles or you know the yeah. car like driving the car. I just I just remember like begging my mom, hey, if we're gonna take, I if we're gonna take a trip with with my dad, can we just not give him any lollipops? Do not give him anything to eat because it's going to, I just, I can't, mom, I, I can't do it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll try. <laughs> and I think for the most part she, she like did, but like, it's very different time back then. Anyway, so um, I don't quite, it wasn't until, like, I just remember bits and pieces throughout my childhood and adolescence that I had these kind of outbursts or, or, or intense feelings of rage over a sound. But it wasn't until like my early 20s that I felt that it was very problematic. Like, I, like it was distressing, like almost every day kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not coming to me. I, I know I was bothered by it back then too, but it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it was first of all, I wasn't, I didn't really notice it. I don't really remember it bothering me at school, thank God. That I yeah, right? Same, a little bit. Yeah. And so, but yeah, once that independence starts to happen around uh, college post college is when, mm-hmm. yeah, things it just starts to blossom. Uh, and so <laughs> that that's when it gets kind of crazy. Um, did okay. So yeah, so it sounds like similar for you, right? Like it didn't, uh, it didn't, uh, didn't do anything too crazy. Well, do you remember anything with, with friends where you're like, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't hang out with that that friend anymore, or no, because I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't really, I, well, what's good about my, my high school is that you, you weren't allowed to chew gum. So I never really had issues in like quiet settings. For me, it's a quiet setting. If there's no noise, 
then that's when it's the worst when i'm hearing oh, yeah. this trigger sound but like for the most part i mean i'm from a very noisy family <laughs> in a noisy environment for better or for worse and for the most part there's always been like background noise yeah but, white noise in the background yeah. mm -hmm. did you ever have like a nine to five kind of job where you're like in the office like, how, like oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah so like how did you like how did you deal with that because for me that's when i was like oh this could be a real issue i'm having a hard time here no like that's good because i do want to yeah i do want to talk about your your line of work too but yeah but uh but yeah no i have had um so currently you know currently, so i'm a uh, software basically you know engineer so right cool. now i just work i'm here in my home office up on the third floor attic of my house so nice. um but but there have been times where i've been uh every kind of office open office you know startup or like a um, office with doors and walls uh, offices with cubicles and um yeah i mean it, honestly the, the the most recent job i've had like they uh in tech they their companies are generally pretty good about um a letting you wear headphones but b mm -hmm. sometimes even yeah. giving you headphones because it's not even just the misos that uh want that kind of quiet be able to concentrate so uh my company just gave us everybody like nice headphones and nice. so um but in you, but in yeah, but if you're just kind of like uh, naked out there in an open office, it's it's kind of rough. Um, I don't like eating, like having lunch with with the team. Like I like going to lunch down the street, grabbing something, and then I'll just go back to my desk and not, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I don't want to sit around watching people eat, um, mm -hmm. especially take mm -hmm. every single day. So, um, uh, and I always thought that I was just being, uh, you know, I, I was thought maybe. Uh, back when I was younger, I was just bored by the older guys, but I think I just didn't want, I just didn't yeah. want to, uh, you know, literally just sit around watching people eat. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah, I've been, but yeah, I've been in every kind of situation, but it's, uh, you gravitate towards the headphones and you gravitate towards the home office and eventually, you know, that hope takes care of itself unless there's leaf floors outside. Um, so my newest, <laughs> yeah, leaf floors, uh, my newest, one thing I did learn about COVID um, a lot of the classes or lectures, especially if they were recorded before COVID, they were all over YouTube and other these other websites if you're mm -hmm. like trying to learn a new skill. And what got me that I had to stop watching those classes, that if someone were to cough or sneeze off camera, yeah. Yeah. I, I immediately had to turn off. I had to turn it off because it caught me so off guard. So it's interesting because even in the virtual space with Zoom and video calls, my, my husband's working at home if someone's coughing or sneezing like i it's even then it like i always I, I never not hear it and i may not have the super instant reaction of anger but it always like shakes me up and it's just i totally agree <laughs> I it. yeah i totally agree i i watch youtube yeah all the time because i'm kind of like yeah, add in terms of like what i want to learn and so um mm -hmm. it's it's, it's just, but sometimes it's not even sometimes it's even the uh, the the video the, the the teacher if they have the if they put like uh, compression on their vocals in the in the wrong way and then you hear everything um, like at the same volume mm. kind of like on the radio kind of like a radio voice um, uh, if you do compression the wrong way then you feel then you hear kind of everything as loud as your you know your loudest um, you know speech and so sometimes I'll just hear I'll just hear throat sounds as loud oh my as goodness. the talking and yeah. it's just like, I have to shut it off. I've done I've definitely had to do that. And that goes back I remember that um I remember one particular video I saw back in like I think it was like two thousand eight or nine or something and that's kind of that's one of the few like 
real memories I have at some point um, watching video on some programming language or whatever. And the guy just like, he just, I just heard everything, uh, not just his speaking. And uh, I was like, holy shit. I think that's when maybe I start to like Google around for like, you know, what's wrong with me? People, yeah, because I was on the computer anyway. So I was like, yeah, what's the, um, came across misophonia. So how did, oh yeah, when did you, I guess, realize that, or uh, how did you get to the point where you uh, realized it had a name? Were you actually Googling for it or? Not at all, because I, I, I grew up thinking that I was just, I just had this thing and I felt so alone, especially as I got older and it getting worse. I was, um, I was a receptionist at the art school I graduated from the first year after my graduation. So anyway, receptionist at this office, and one of my coworkers, we were just talking about like weird annoyances. And of course I mentioned, oh, when people eat popcorn or they chew, I just want to yeah. punch them in their face. Like I said, like, yeah, I just have this weird thing about me where I just can't stand the sound of people chewing. And she looks at me and she goes, my boyfriend has that. You have misophonia. And I'm like, miso what? <laughs> like, what, is this? what is that? And she's like, you should just Google it, go for it. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you're gonna see. And oh my goodness, I remember that night it was so illuminating, but also kind of depressing. Illuminating and nice in a way that you have a community of people who know how it is to be triggered and have like feel so upset, ang angry or anxious over certain sounds that are otherwise normal to other people. To find people, people that are, yeah, yeah <laughs> they're like dealing with this. It was nice to have that community, but then at the same time as I went down that hole on Reddit and it was just, oh, sorry, I just cleared my throat. When I went down the hole on Reddit and um, it was just very depressing because there is this kind of, there's this kind of uh, common thread that there's no cure and it gets worse as you get older. Mm -hmm. And you just have to kind of live your life the best you can with this. And you know, I was hoping there were some kind of tools or something I could take to help me. But, you know, at least we're not alone. But it is a very mysterious condition that luckily now a lot of research is being done. But I want to say back in 2014, barely, you know, I was just happy we had this label. But that was about it. So that's how I discovered the word misophonia. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. That kind of kind of word of mouth there. Um, yeah, you're right. Online, and that's why it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast is because online, you can definitely you just kind of hear people when generally people go online to post something on these phone. Yeah, it's they're in a mega trigger oh, state. So you see mm -hmm. the word kind of the the most rantiest kind of uh, darkest kind of um, stuff, which we all know about. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah it's uh and yeah i mean i'm not saying that there are any radical new tools or cures or or anything but uh at least you know you're not really missing <laughs> you haven't really missed out on anything usually what you've kind of um learned to do uh is you know you just have to kind of continue and maybe you, you learn some maybe you find some solace at least in uh mm -hmm. in, in knowing that um uh, and well one thing is like you get more freedom over time like you're not in your mm -hmm. giant loud family anymore as you get older so what i try to tell people is like yeah i mean triggers get worse and there's no cure but at least you can kind of control your environment a bit more 
It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like I can, I'm an adult, I can control the thermostat in my house. I don't have to freeze all the time because my parents are too cheap. Um, the same, same with, same with sounds. It's like, I, I can kind of control my environment a little bit more. And so, um, that's the, you know, one thing we have while there's hopefully more research happening and, and there is. Mm-hmm. You, it's so interesting. You say the word control, because that is a word that has yeah. been in my mind lately. And it's funny for me how I personally have been trying to get better, not better, just try to adjust to what I have, you know, um, is accepting the lack of control that I have. And yeah, no, for sure, living <laughs> on your own or like just now with your parents helps tremendously. But unfortunately, I do live in the, like the most noisiest apartment I've ever lived in my life. And there's so many, I don't get misophonia triggers, but I certainly do find just sounds like a like my it's weird maybe you, you have something similar where your brain can filter out noises that other people don't really hear like it just feels like they're they filter out certain noises i i can't so any kind of ambulance any kind of someone's coughing across the street my my neighbors sneeze i could hear that it's crazy through the walls through the walls <laughs> yeah so it's like you know and and one thing that has helped me was just kind of just meditating on the fact that this is what I have and I can't, I can't control it to a degree. I really can't. And just accepting that and just remembering that even if I do have a huge misophonia um, trigger and episode, there's so many more moments of my day that I don't, you know? So that's, that's the only way that kind of, one of the ways it kind of gets me through it because as you know, it gets, sometimes it gets really stressful, especially as things start opening up in this country and stuff like indoor dining is going to be a thing more and more and life will slowly get back to how it was before. Yeah, no, uh, you're right. It's we, yeah, most of our days are not me. So it always hits us every day. There's always something, yeah. but, um, it, it's funny because you know, we, we, you, we, none of us will want to think about it, but sometimes thinking about it in advance when there's no triggers is a way to kind of massage your mind into, um, not being so afraid of what's gonna mm-hmm. what you're gonna hear because that neighbor sneezing across you know across the wall our brains think that something is going to come and attack us through the wall or something you know it's just like we can't mm-hmm. we can't uh we can't um process uh dangerous things from these kinds of sounds like real danger from um, this illusion of danger is that for sure what's happening um do you want to maybe do you want to talk about a bit about what kind of what you do for work? You're you were a receptionist, but uh, now you're I think a little bit more independent, right? I mean, in terms of like oh, you yeah. know, in terms of office. <laughs> yeah. space. I oh, I my yeah my so receptionist was many moons ago in my early yeah time. yeah yeah um right. but yeah so I I am right now I am a freelancer I'm a photographer I specialize in fashion beauty and portraiture. Uh, mostly fashion. And we're going to have your Instagram because you do amazing work. Amazing <laughs> Thank work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a bit that. of a wannabe photographer too. So I, I, I admire uh, really good work. So yeah. Oh, thank Continue. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I, and um, photography was always with me. But when I graduated art school, I looked down the real world and I was like, ooh, that seems really harsh. I got student loans. Let me forget about photography and just get like a nine to five job so I could, mm. you know, not be scared of being impoverished. So I quit photography for half a decade. I did not wow. touch my camera. Camera was collecting dust. 
And I was just denying this, this, this part of myself. And I worked at a corporate office. Um, I worked at Bloomingdale's, which is owned by Macy's. And that was, that period of time was when I was like, ooh, this is, this is a problem I have. This is definitely a condition that is always kind of lurking in the shadows. Because mm -hmm. when you're in an office space, and we were in a dark room because I was a photo retoucher and you need to have like a controlled uh, light situation to match colors of products, all the yeah. jazz. So I didn't, so you have that extra thing of like not really seeing what's around you, but then hearing these sounds. One of the worst triggers to this day was when my boss, who I like, we're, we're cool at the time, all's good. He kind of, so I was typing on my computer I didn't see him come from behind and he was eating a banana and he just slumped. Oh, like I don't, yeah. this, this slushy chomping yeah, yeah. of the mm -hmm. banana. He was right next to my ear. Cause he was kind of like, Ooh, what you doing on the computer? And I was working, <laughs> but like, he was just kind of being, I guess funny. But he said that while he was eating, it caught me so off guard that I just kind of said something like, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just working. He walked away and literally I was about to throw up. I yeah. never had such a trigger that was so like I was I had such a physical reaction of just I'm going to vomit on my desk. All right, this is going to be something like luckily I was able to just breathe and try my best to calm down. It took like 40 minutes. I didn't even want to get up from my seat to go to the bathroom because I didn't want anyone to like look at my face and be like, what's wrong with you? I'd be like so many things. But basically, mm -hmm. yeah, like that was my worst triggers we're in a, like a workplace environment and I don't, I don't miss it. <laughs> so when I finally yeah. made the leap of like, all right, I'm actually a photographer and I'm good at photography. Why aren't I doing this? Um, eventually I made the jump of being a freelancer and it's been a lot better. Commute a lot less into the city, into Manhattan. And, you know, I make my own hours, all that, all that jazz. Um, photo shoots, I have to be a little bit careful. I do editorials. So, well, before COVID, it was like larger scale and we have food. So I always have music right. on. So it's been, it's been okay. It was okay as long as I had music. So yeah, so that's kind of, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's great that, yeah, you've definitely gravitated towards having a bit more. Did you get to kind of like call the shots on the set? Yeah, Cause you obviously you probably can't wear headphones or whatever you, cause you're communicating Absolutely. with people. Um, yeah, yeah so basically you're on. like, yeah, you're like head honcho. Like you are the captain of the ship and you have to block pressure uh, when you're doing a fashion editorial because you have a time constraint and you do need to feed people because if you're on set for like five hours, I like to feed people because I've had models tell me, yeah, some photographers just don't bring any food and I'm starving. And that really affects mm -hmm. the mood of the shoot. So yeah, um, I always have music and that's why music is so important to me because I get kind of obsessed with it. Like I have playlists where I very like, <laughs> I specifically organize it in such a way. It just like, you know, get the feel of the shoot. And so I would, I, I'll just have a lot of fun with making music and just cranking it up to a volume that's not super loud, but enough that people are eating on the side. Like I'm not really going to stress out about it because I have that right. other noise. Loud, loud, loud enough, it doesn't bother you. People know who's in charge, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt their ears. Exactly. The little common common people ears uh yeah very good do you have like do you uh, so i've talked to some people who um i'm, I'm actually gonna yeah probably, probably share some one or two playlists of people who uh 
they've, they've created a Spotify playlist where it's all music that kind of gets going right away. There's just no like, uh, um, you know, uh, crescendoing into a song so that it's like everything can kind of be kind of a go-to song. Do you ever think about the miso while you're kind of setting, uh, organizing playlists or is it more just kind of mood for a, a photo shoot or wherever you're at? I have so many playlists. So I will have shoots just for like the mood of the photo shoot. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. have play. I'll have playlists where um, I'll just have certain categories. Like I have one called vibes, very young yeah. person name, but you know, just like very kind of soothing, just kind of, you know, lower key music and have music where it's like, it's rock, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't quite think about me so funny. I just kind of intuitively pick music that I know will generate a certain mood. And I'm really, I really, concentrate on music because it just affects my mood so much like and usually for the for for better especially if i'm having like a music funny outbreak i have to calm down a bit before i can listen to music i know some people would just like try to ignore their whatever's going on with them with music i can't quite do that but certainly music could have such a calming effect on me so i kind of use that to my advantage when so I you can. need to use it to kind of like uh um, reset a bit or um, sometimes yeah back to equilibrium yeah, so you're in, a, you're in a creative, uh, you're, you're, you're in a creative field, and uh, I'm wondering, have you met other people in in any of your creative fields that also have miso misophonia? It seems like there are a, a decent amount of creative slash uh, even engineering types that that have misophonia. I'm curious if you've bumped into others. You know, I I only have one friend acquaintance, and sh and um, she's in the culinary field. So no one that's like an art, like a photographer or other artist. Yeah. And that's why it's so interesting with this podcast. I'm so happy you do it because sometimes, you know, I forget that there are people who deal with this because I don't really know anyone else. And I used to like send her emails like, hey, I had this one. Like I, I really ran to her and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, this is not fair to her, you know, um, because uh, but we connected so much with having this this condition. So we would talk about it and it was so nice to, you know, for each of us to have someone who understands this. And I knew her for a long time and it wasn't until someone recently that I knew that she was struggling with this. I just posted something on, mm -hmm. on Facebook a long time ago. She's like, oh, I have this too. Cause I kind of, po I don't know, it was definitely me so funny related, just kind of like, you know, throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> and she was like, oh, I have this. Then we got into this huge conversation and yeah. for her, not to give too much of her story, but like, she she kind of had it a, 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 has it a lot worse to the point where she definitely had to move. Even her partner at the time was extremely inconsiderate to what she was going through, and it really affected her life. And I think she's doing better because I think she moved to a quieter place, and she has a new significant other as well. So, but it really goes to show you that when you have misophonia, like you're, it, it could really affect your life, your relationships, where you live. Like it's. And she understood that, so it was really nice. But other than her, I don't, I don't know anyone else. And that's what I'm hoping mm -hmm. with, with your podcast and just more information kind of comes about. Awareness is, I'm sure there's so many people who have this, and they just don't have a name for it. So how about your significant other? Uh, so you've been obviously at home like we've all been, and uh, uh, he's got his meetings. You got your stuff going on, um, and you know we talked about, uh, you know. Uh, pandemic you know gets us away from a lot of our regular triggers like you know mm -hmm. the subway but then 
um, I think after, you know, but I'm sure by the end of last year, everybody, Miso or not, uh, common people and not, were um, kind of getting tired of kind of maybe feeling a bit claustrophobic and kind of cabin fever. Is Was that kind of starting to affect maybe your Miso at, at home at all? Or, um, or did you that know, change I... at all during the kind of pandemic? It's, it's interesting because um, I lived in a much smaller apartment. <laughs> I, the funny thing about me, I move every single summer. So <clears throat> the apartment that I that was last summer um, was significantly smaller. And there was kind of like this claustrophobic, I can't go anywhere without hearing a meeting yeah. or hearing. You know, that was, you know, I just had to adjust. It wasn't great. There was also a height of like pandemic stuff. So there's a lot of emotions going on with that elections and insurrections oh my goodness yes (laughs) exactly and um now it's a lot better because we have a little more space and i'm so thankful and grateful that um my significant other is understanding you know to a degree sometimes he actually it's interesting because he doesn't really trigger me only when he sneezes so Mm. when he sneezes i just kind of like have a moment but like i (laughs) I calm down um but other than that did it come in a believe... series or is it you just no not a series thank okay. goodness oh okay. my gosh imagine <laughs> it made a series of things because i have met people who just like cannot the stop sneezing once they... it's around that time right yeah yeah so luckily you know for him like i explained to him misophonia is and you know he 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 tried to understand he's like you know i it's only see this is the thing it's i think there's only so much someone could empathize because I think for other people, it just sounds so ridiculous. Like I always yeah. kind of think of how the other person is perceiving it. Oh, you can't hear people chew. Um, what do you expect people to not chew around you? You know what I mean? Like there's this element of like, why, why do you get triggered over these normal sounds? And I can't answer that. He never asked me that, but I'm just, I always kind of think of like how we sound on the other side. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, it goes back to our original conversation about uh, yeah. do we even bother? Um, exactly. Yeah. But for him, I <laughs> I live with him, so I'm like, you know what? Let me let me tell him. And it wasn't until like someone, I mean, I told him about misophonia. I think probably a year after we were together, um, and we weren't. Well, actually, yeah, we were living together then. But um, it wasn't until recently that I have kind of told some family members or a couple of friends. I've been very private about it for the reasons that we've spoken about before but he's been understanding and i'm really thankful for that what's been the reaction of your uh of your of your friends i guess maybe especially your your family Mm. uh so my mom she was so apologetic because she remembers all the outbursts i would have and she's very conscious of it um to the point where i feel kind of bad because we went to visit my brother in Michigan and we were at his house and we were eating. So I had to have the conversation to everyone being like, hey, we need to have music. Like, we need to have some music yeah. we're going to eat. And she was like, yeah, totally. And, and it was interesting. Actually, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, knew what misophonia was. She was oh, the only cool. person besides my other friend. Yeah, so really, that was so awesome. But when I first told my brother, he was, <laughs> it was a little hard because... I think he's very cautious with anyone's self-diagnosis themselves. He's very educated. He has a PhD. He trusts science a lot. And he's very wary of like the internet, I think, and stuff like that. So I get it. But when he's like, oh, you have misophonia, and then he will like do a fake chewing sound. 
And uh-huh. I was just like, you, you react exactly how I thought dad would. And that was like my little zinger. <laughs> oh. And basically, and basically, but he, but I have to say though, like he actually, it's so interesting with him because he was so respectful. Whenever we ate, he always had music. He like even having like even though initially he seemed like he was like dismissing it, um, he he was actually very respectful. So I I really can't complain in that sense. But for the most part, I haven't really told that many people. That's why it was kind of hard for me to even like be on your podcast because it's kind of like a lot of people don't know I deal with this. A lot of close friends have Everyone's no idea. Everyone's gonna know. The know. Whole world's gonna know. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to buy ads on Facebook targeted no. at all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. No, <laughs> basically, it's like, you know, it's because it's it's you always run through you. You always like run into the risk of like someone not only dismissing you, but like taunting you as if like there's no way you have this. I hope try to do your triggers. Yeah. yeah, right. I hope have you ever dealt with that? Um, no. Well, not not that i remember i hope maybe that i've blocked those people out of my mind or i've um threw them over the bridge or something i don't know but i you know i don't i don't really remember that anybody doing that i definitely hear about a lot of that happening but mm-hmm. more so when it's siblings growing up kind of thing i've heard stuff like that you know? yeah mm-hmm. um i don't yeah i don't yeah that hasn't been, been a problem problem with me um that's good i'm so happy to hear like i i know i'm never going to tell my dad like, I just don't think he has the capacity to okay, understand. So he's in yeah. the dark. Yeah. Okay. He's in the dark. Yeah. And to be honest, I'd rather him because, like, I don't see him that often anymore. So it's, I can handle it. It's one thing if I was, like, living across the street from him, you know. But do you, yeah. has it, did that, do you feel like it affect, I mean, obviously it affected those road trips. Did it, do you feel like that affected or caused any kind of distance between you and him or any of your family members that would not have been there? Uh, now yeah. you mean like how um no because i i'm actually going through therapy right now <laughs> so oh. one thing yeah one thing i i i've kind of already accepted you know my parents my dad for who he is and i don't really hold any anger or distance mm. from him i do distance myself a bit just knowing that the more interactions i have with him sometimes i has more opportunity for him to kind of get under my skin but for the most part, um, you know, they didn't know what it was. And we still don't know what misophonia really is. And, you know, it's just, I can't change the past. So I just try to, I just try to accept them because if I don't, I don't want like the resentment or yeah. the anger to take hold, you know? Right, right. Did you start to seek therapy primarily because of this or was there, were there other reasons? Uh, and we don't have to get into them. I'm just curious sure. how, how, how much yeah. of misophonia affected that relationship and then the decision to go see therapy and whatnot. Sure. And after I answer this, I'm really curious to hear like if you, like if you have heard any luck with therapy, if you yourself has, you know, have, mm-hmm. have done therapy. But for me, um, I went to see, I basically was diagnosed with OCD which it's just a label like there's still basically I was just having certain compulsions and certain obsessive thoughts that were really affecting my life affecting my relationship specifically when it came to cleaning and organization I thought I was just going to do therapy for like three months (laughs) I'm almost Mm -hmm. like approaching a year 
because one thing and I used to be really against therapy for whatever reason it could have been the environment I grew up in you know I had very strong family members who dealt with so much more than I feel like I've dealt with and they seem okay um that you know and that's a fallacy too but basically I I sought out therapy because I wanted to get better and my life was getting really rough when it came to like I would freak out if I touched a broom. Like I would, I would, I wasn't able to wash dishes. I would just cry hysterically and I just want to break every dish that was in the sink. And I'm like, this isn't normal. Like I shouldn't be. Mm. These are really extreme emotions. And I figured, you know what? Let me, let me get some help here because I don't think I could do this on my own. And then COVID happened. I literally had my appointment. <laughs> on Sunday, the, the Sunday before the Monday of my appointment, lockdown. So <laughs> that was fun. So I was there left with my thoughts. Terrible, terrible time. But then as I went through uh, therapy, I, of course I mentioned about misophonia. And because, but that wasn't the main thing. My main thing was this, this thing I had with cleaning and these thoughts. Mm-hmm. But when I mentioned misophonia, I was very careful because one thing about Reddit better for worse you know there are many times i've came across where therapists are very dismissive because they haven't heard of it and mm-hmm. also i'm seeing a psychologist just to clarify like oh because they haven't heard of it there's a lot of you know uh, skepticism you know my yeah. brother who's extremely educated has probably a similar skepticism but i'm very lucky that the person i'm seeing seemed very open-minded to it and he asked me really great questions he's like tell me how it's like and i'll explain to him and at one point, I think he, he may have suggested like, hey, maybe, maybe there's a way before you get really angry or, or you're feeling something, we could kind of just pay attention to that feeling and like try to help it. But what I was trying to explain to him is that it's instantaneous. Like just as, you, just as if a glass were to break in front of you, yeah. you would have that, that jarring experience. When I hear certain sounds, that, that is what happens. And my instant reaction, unfortunately, is extreme anger. And, you know, I'm just trying to explain my experience. And I'm very lucky that he's been receptive to it, it seems. But there's not really much that you could talk out of to a degree when you have this. Because, like, I don't know. I don't, and maybe if I go to someone who's, like, specialized in misophonia, but that's also really rare, or at least around my area but yeah that's how my experience so far has been good in terms of the quality of care i've been receiving but um you know hasn't really helped with the misophonia that's still yeah it seems like it's more there was an acknowledgement and then there's a there's they're probably he's probably offering some kind of general baseline therapy advice Mm -hmm. um yeah this is not uncommon i i think most people i talked to have gone into therapy who have misophonia go into it with some other comorbidities like OCD mm-hmm. or other anxiety or, or something else and it may, or, it may or may not be the even known by the therapist uh, in some cases mm-hmm. yeah um, mm. I I couldn't it's kind of honestly it's kind of I've, I've, I've talked to so many people I might as well I should probably write it down or something but I feel like it's all <laughs> over the board uh, in yeah, terms of like, yeah. efficacy and mm. hey, a lot of people are just maybe have like you said it's new so they've just started started the therapy so it's kind of like the jury's still mm-hmm. out as to how well this is all going to work 
so we're yeah we're heading i mean we're heading we could, we could keep going on and on and on but uh, i know but it's probably time right <laughs> i do yeah i do you know i have a day job too so um yeah but i should uh but yeah I, you know we're, yeah we're up to now but is there anything else you want to kind of share with with anyone right now any insights or or anything i don't know maybe you want to ask me uh before we wrap it up hmm. if you don't so in cool. your in your in your you know you're not a medical professional you know we know this however since you have interviewed so many people at this point with your podcast what do you have any just like kind of fun theory regarding what you think misophonia is most likely like what what it is and i know again not a medical professional but i'm just really curious anecdotally did you yourself well, have I'm it? definitely you smart enough that everyone should take me seriously. So cool. Yeah, I'm uh, going to take notes. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you think? So wait, my gut. So my, I mean, my gut feeling is that uh, so there's a couple different things. There's like, you know, the debate of whether whether this is kind of like genetic or learned. I feel like my spidey sense just tells me it's um, there could be something that you're born with, but it doesn't necessarily get activated unless there is something in your environment that mm-hmm. um, um, that might be associated with, uh, and I'm going to use the word trauma, but something that um, it could be like very obvious trauma or it could just be um, something that bothered you and then the sound kind of always associated with that thing or that person that kind of activates uh, misophonia. I feel like there's a combination of something that you're kind of... Uh, you know something that's in your brain that you might be born with um and or and or gets um gets activated by some association with something that happens to you around the age of and you and i think you're most susceptible around the age of you know of puberty um mm-hmm. and then and then that what that thing is i think is um what that activates it feels like it just activates something from our lizard brain that um that is meant to warn us to danger. And I feel like mm-hmm. we, we, we get that this good because this is what it feels like it is. It's like we're, we're hypersensitive to something that feels like uh, it feels dangerous to us. So I think somewhere in this kind of what it feels like to me and as to whether um, what we should do about it beyond wearing headphones, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. And and talking to people about it and uh, trying to convince our this is why I try to tell people to um, if we can lower stress because stress is an exacerbator mm-hmm. and Definitely. and remind our remind our minds but maybe before we sit down at a restaurant or at a meal that okay look around there's nothing here that's going to attack you uh, the sounds are not going to hurt you uh, if you can do that in advance and we never remember to because we try to not think about it unless you know that mm-hmm. the, that glass breaking sensation happens if we can try to do that that's kind of maybe our best cha- best hope for now but so th- those are kind of my thoughts as to what where it might come from and what and why uh, certain things kind of kind of help us and how how we can kind of best manage it does that make sense that totally makes sense i agree and i do personally think that there is a genetic component to it my grandmother i suspect that she has misophonia, mm. actually. She's always made such a big deal about people chewing with their mouths open. Didn't connect it until I read up on this, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I also do think, yeah, like a little sprinkle of genetics is probably some yeah. factor is my, is my guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just, um, yeah. And for, and for people who are dealing with this, like the best thing hands down with any issue, sleep, 
eat yes. and stay hydrated right. because personally oh, I am at yeah. my worst when I'm dehydrated or if I'm really tired I, yeah. I do notice a huge sensitivity than normal so yeah definitely just try to try your best to just like take care of yourself and yeah and I'm so glad that you have this podcast and we have a bit of a community to at least share tips and support absolutely well Christina very great to have you on and uh, yeah good luck with everything else stay in touch thank you take care thank you Christina fun chat make sure to please uh, check out her Instagram at do underscore Christina do underscore Christina if you liked this episode, don't forget to leave a quick review or just hit the five stars wherever you listen to this podcast. Music, as always, is by Moby. And until next week, wishing you peace and quiet.